Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Forrest. And this is The Crosscut, a podcast that contextualizes the news of the day with the story, themes, and motifs of a treasured or trash piece of cinema. Although we are still in our summer streaming series and uh, it's coming to an end pretty pretty soon. Yeah. Um, and so um, if you've been following along, we actually are not really talking about the news. We are instead giving you four spoiler-free reasons to check out some newly released straight-to-streaming film. That's right. And I think today, without giving too much away, we're doing my favorite one so far. This is probably the one I've enjoyed the most out of all of our streaming, Ooh. Yeah, streaming movies that we've done. Uh, I'm an easy mark for this kind of thing. Like it's definitely my kind of movie, so that you know makes a little bit of sense. Uh, sure. But yeah, let's get into it today. We are talking about the movie Prey. That's right. On Hulu. Not on Disney Plus. <laughs> so getting into the first of our four reasons why you may want to watch Prey on Hulu. Uh, I'm going to kick this one off and say that the for me, the thing that stood out the most or one of the things that stood out the most is the accuracy and the representation that you saw on screen. Yeah. And I had a feeling based off of the way that everything was sort of portrayed and um, some of the little touches that you saw as you were watching that this was probably pretty accurate. Sure. And that there was actual representation of native people. Right. However, when I went to look it up and, and see, because out of curiosity, turns out, yes, it was incredibly accurate. <laughs> yeah, you want to check that, right? Because we don't know. Like, it's like, I have a feeling. Right. But uh, but no, apparently that was something that was really important to, uh, I think, was it Danny Trachtenberg? Is that yep. the, the director? Yeah, Dan Trachtenberg, yeah. Yeah, so very important to him. And then they also had um, the a producer on set who's Comanche. Um, uh, Jane member, Mayer, I think. Jane, Jane Mayer. Mayer, okay. Yeah, so she's a member of the Comanche Nation, and she was used, um, they, they used her expertise for um, accuracy and historical representation as well. So it was not unnoticed. It definitely, you could feel it, I think, as you were watching and just sort of seeing things that, that you know, maybe we've seen in, in history or whatever before, but little differences that, that felt made it feel very real. I think, you know, one of the things that I saw in multiple uh, articles was mm-hmm. the toothbrush that she was using at one point um, in the film was an accurate toothbrush that they made um, from how Comanche made oh. brush their teeth in the seven in 1717. Wow. That's, that's uh, it's funny. Cause I think during the movie uh, you get to a part with like some French dudes. Right. And I think you made the comment. It was like the one thing they never think about in movies like this or like when they do like romances or stuff in yeah. like said in like period times it's like everyone here smells terrible oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's like no that actually like there was hygiene and stuff like that but not for the french people they sucked oh <laughs> right well sorry when i when i said that i was talking specifically about medieval i was thinking more like game of thrones type places oh right, right. i enough. was talking yeah. specifically about like medieval europe and like england and right. more like the princess right well, that, the princess or even uh the uh persuasion like Right. I guess they bathed every once in a while. There was some bathing in that movie, but still. Yeah. Uh, but it, 
everybody smelled really terrible mm-hmm. in Europe and had terrible hygiene. Um, but I have a feeling that once you start getting to other cultures, things just vary. And not necessarily that every other culture is cleaner, but it's not surprising that other cultures are like, yeah, let's do something about our breath because right. <laughs> it's hot and gross. Our teeth keep falling out. Maybe what we if, should rub something back and forth on them. Yeah. What if I just cleaned my teeth the way that I cleaned this plate? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I thought that uh, the... It was interesting because the the cast was, uh, I think, almost, ex- or at least the cast of the tribe that right. was in question was almost exclusively uh, of the representative Indian uh, culture that was being portrayed, mm-hmm. which is super useful. Like, I, I think it's like, yeah, you should probably cast people who have that <laughs> that sort of history or, or at least uh, respect for the culture. So you're not like, you know, basically doing what they did in Hollywood in the 1950s, which is just putting like yellow face on John Wayne or whatever. Like it's right. You know, uh, you you want to avoid that as best you can. And Hey, look at that. It gives really great actors uh, an opportunity that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise potentially. Right. I mean, you would hope, right. That a movie today that people creating a movie in today's environment Mm -hmm. would say, maybe we shouldn't just cast a white person to play this person of color. And maybe we should do our best to find somebody that is like relatively of that ethnicity. Yeah. Um, because we will get absolutely destroyed on social media before this film even gets out of like the writing, out right. of like the script. If it comes out that we're doing that, you would think that, <laughs> but then you wouldn't be casting Fidel Castro. Right. <laughs> as uh, who, who JFK. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you know who they cast? Um, re- recently came out. They they were doing a, a movie about Fidel Castro. Oh no. Uh, it is one of your favorite actors. Oh no, James Franco. Uh huh. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, how did I know that? How did you know? Oh, it's like, what would be the worst decision that you could make? <laughs> Guys, the answer is Benicio Del Toro. Just cast him always and forever. <laughs> right, right. When everyone knows that if you're going to cast uh, Fidel Castro, you should definitely cast just Justin Trudeau, right? <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a story for someone else's podcast. We're not getting into that level of speculation here. <laughs> Um, but Look yeah, Fidel there... Castro, Justin Trudeau on the internet, if you're curious. Yeah. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> uh, the, uh, one of the things I'll say is initially, so the film was um, started its production or pre-production um, when the previous Predator film, I believe uh, one that was directed by Shane Black. 2018, I Was done in 2018, yeah. yeah. So this one started at the same time. Uh, the producer, John Davis, uh, approached Dan Trachtenberg and the screenwriter, Patrick Ison. Um with a concept that they've been working on actually since 2016. Okay. And so the <laughs> they uh, wanted to keep it under wraps. Um, this was also at a time, so Fox had yet to be acquired by Disney. So this was a 20th Century Fox production. Mm-hmm. And then got, the reason it's on Hulu mm-hmm. is because Disney also owns Hulu now because Disney they bought Fox. Disney owns Hulu? They own the majority share of Hulu, <gasps> yeah. And so they, um, and they also own Disney Plus. This is not a Disney Plus friendly movie, you know, because there's a lot of murders. Oh, no, yeah. Um, but they, because they own Hulu, they're like, okay, well, we can take the Fox uh, properties and put them on Hulu yeah. as their designated streaming you know, area or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting way that that worked out. But in the initial title, like working title for the film, mm-hmm. um, well, it had nothing to do with Predator at all. It was called Skulls. Oh, this is a much better title. Yeah, for sure. No, you, you know, The Skulls with uh, Joshua Jackson. They already, I was going to say <laughs> yeah. they already had that movie with yes. Joshua Jackson. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That movie is not good. But anyway. It was one, about rowing, right? It was about like a secret like skull and bone society in like a 
you know, but there was rowing. There was. I was going to say. Yeah. Well, no, I was. I was more joking, but yeah, because the they'd call the boats skulls. Oh, okay. I think he he did. Anyway, that's way beside the point. As a former rower, <laughs> uh, as a person distracting me from making my point. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the form the film was reportedly so they had to hide it. Right, they didn't want it to be known as a predator film. Why? They just wanted to keep it under wraps. Okay. Studios do that sometimes. Okay. And so here was the tagline: It was. Uh, a Comanche woman who goes against gender norms and traditions to become a warrior. Oh, <laughs> Which, no. <laughs> I mean, kind of that sort of happens in here, but that is not the crucial plot Was that the tagline element. or was that just like what they wrote? That was just wrote? like the description. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, it just, that's just what you put, like, that's just your elevator pitch. That's not a tagline. That's terrible. Yeah, so it was actually November uh, of last year. No, I'm sorry, November of 2020 when they revealed that it was the fifth installment of the Predator franchise um, with that same creative team. And... It was in May of 2021 when it was announced when when Amber Midthunder, uh, the lead uh, actress, was oh. announced to be the star. And then in November of last year, that's when they gave it the title Prey, and it was announced to be a release on Hulu and then Disney Plus internationally. So that was a little bit and just like sort of how it came about. Right. But to your point, like they definitely had this idea that um, they wanted to go back to rooting the franchise in the idea of human ingenuity. You know, like the right. sort of fighting against this sort of <laughs> basically impending dread or doom of a creature that could kill anything. Right. Um, and so they they stripped it down a lot from what it had been, right? So the 2018 Predator is very like, we're the military. We got all these guns and ammo and blah, blah, blah. We're going to blow up things, big explosions. Mm-hmm. And it kind of bombed. Like it, it tanked. Yeah. And this one goes back to that original which you've never seen the original Predator. I've never seen. This is the this is the only Predator film that I have seen. Yeah. I think you would there's a few problematic things about the original Predator, but it's mm. also a great movie. It is so good. Where was it set? Uh, I, like if it's not set in America, there's definitely going to be problematic things about it in yeah, the 1980s. I, I it could have been like fictional Asian Southeast Asian country. I don't know. Right, right. Um is it possible that it was set in um, Central America? Oh, you know what? Mm. Um, it was the fact that Schwarzenegger, I guess, was a Vietnam War veteran. Ah. And so maybe that's why I thought that. But I you thought he was like a Vietnam War soldier? I, yeah, maybe. yeah. And I also could have assumed, or I, I assumed it was in Southeast Asia, but I, I guess it's very possible that I'm wrong. That's okay. We don't need to get into it. It's a, it's a country and, you know, they can... Look, Hollywood can... It is a fake country, though. Yeah. Hollywood can absolutely uh, make any country look uh, <laughs> discriminated against by its uh, by its actions. So, you know, it did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, anyways, getting back to Prey, though. Yeah. I think that they just, they did a really great job of, again, pulling in people who are actually native. Amber Midthunder. She yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, she should be in more stuff. She's just good. She's, like, in, she's, really she's good. in stuff, though. Okay. You know what she was? She's uh, got a, a few big things, but one of the things that we've watched, and she wasn't in it just yet, was um, she was actually in Legion. Oh, okay. The second season of Legion. Cool. Which is ironic because when we were watching Prey, yeah, we were really both like, Aubrey Plaza vibes. Is that Aubrey Plaza? <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, clearly it's not Aubrey, yeah. Aubrey Plaza, but she's just got that like look about her face. Yeah. So she's she's been in a lot of stuff, but I think this maybe is her like first like really big like lead, film. Act, lead role. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And uh, no, she was she was great. We enjoyed uh, a lot of the cast. And so, uh, yeah, that was very cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, you touched on a couple of things that will lead me into my second point. I'm going to jump ahead of you. Yeah, look and at me. And my second point is the story, which I 
felt was really tight. I, it, it, it felt like there wasn't a lot of like extra stuff that the people who wrote this are professional film writers right. who <laughs> insert things to pay them off later. And they did a really good job of doing that. I went on to IMDb just because I was looking around and I, I saw a couple of reviews because I was curious. It got lower reviews than I would have expected. Uh-huh. It was like 7.2 out of 10 or something like that. And okay. I think I would have expected it to be a little bit higher. But sure. then as I was digging into some of the negative reviews, you know, just trolls, a lot of white dudes, a lot of trolls. Yeah. A lot of clearly just like, you know, that, that's not accurate. And <laughs> oh my God, a woman, how could she even learn MMA style fighting? <laughs> and just, you uh, know, also there's this really unrealistic part where an alien comes down and starts killing things. Aliens aren't real. It wasn't even that. It was like, I know, well, I'm if just... they're going to do that, then the predator would have this weapon from blah, 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 blah. And I guess maybe if it's in the past, then they wouldn't have that weapon yet. They didn't upgrade. Hey, nerds. Hush. I know. <laughs> I know. So anyways, Again, it's why I don't pay attention to what people say about films, if I can help it. But it just uh, a lot of a lot of the negative reviews, again, were just from those those trolls. But the story, I think, did a really good job of doing everything that you want out of a hundred and forty minute film. Oh, it was not one hundred forty minutes. One hundred twenty five. No, no, it was like ninety nine or something like that. It's right. It was pretty short. It's like. Was it? No, I, hang on. I'll find out. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> look it up. Sorry about that. But I, I think that they, I think that they, they kept my interest. I was really concerned. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was an hour and thirty nine minutes. It was ninety nine minutes. So oh, okay. Yeah, that thankfully, because uh, man, love me a ninety minute movie. <laughs> I think I meant to say an hour and thirty minutes as opposed to a hundred and thirty minutes. <laughs> right. Which is a big difference. <laughs> Uh, difference of 40 excruciating minutes. Yes, right. right. If this were if this were a two hour and 20 minute film, <laughs> we would be in trouble. This movie would be, would be bad. We'd be having a different conversation. <laughs> yes. Uh, they, you know, they, they introduce um, a lot of characters who you know exactly kind of what's going to happen. And, and, you know, the, the people who are in her tribe who end up maybe not necessarily, you know what, I won't get into the spoilers. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. uh, yeah, they do a great job, I think, building this world and paying it off and um, in a very satisfying way. And it's something that I appreciate. I, I think that there is a craft to just being able to write a good, solid script. Yeah. And I think that the so you're right. They plant stuff and pay it off. There's a, a scene where I wrote down the words quicksand because, you know, she like sinks into basically mud and they use that later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a payoff for that. Basically, like her using her uh, hatchet, like she opens the movie, like throwing it and practicing it against a tree. Yeah. She ends up using like tying a, like a string to it so she can pull it back without having to go chase it down. And that pays off later. So it's all really like nicely crafted. Like you can see how each piece that they put in is going to do something later on. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that is great about it is I, I they make a couple of not like on the nose sort of parallels. And maybe this is what those trolls online are complaining about. But right. They were like, basically, the predator shows up and starts killing animals, right? Mm -hmm. So kills a snake, kills a a wolf, 
kills a bear. You know, it's, right. it's basically testing itself against the mightiest creatures and killers on the earth to see to prove that it's best, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you were like, "Why? Why, man? Are you a jerk? <laughs> like you stupid right. predator? Like, You're such a big would, jerk." <laughs> I mean, it was basically just like, "Why would you have this? Why would you have this um, species that has the?" intellectual capability to create the technology to travel across the universe yeah. and they're using it to go and murder little animals. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me because it sounds like, like you would think that at that point, like they would, in order to have that technology, they wouldn't be that violent and, and just um, cruel right. for no reason. Yeah. But, but then, then I reminded you, but then you reminded me <laughs> that's right of eric trump right and and we can jr yeah we can take tons of steel and metal and jet fuel and craft it together in a way that defies god's will and puts human beings into the air and onto the moon and yeah and these morons decide to get on one of those devices fly to africa and kill like endangered elephants right like the kindest sweetest endangered animals that we have on this planet and and then the predator made a lot more sense to me This guy is not representative of all of his race. This guy is just an asshole on vacation. That's right. And so I think that they did a really good job of tying that behavior in with, there's a part in the movie where uh, the the lead actress, uh, the lead character, walks out into a field and sees a bunch of buffalo that have been skinned and sort of just left uh, on this sort of you know, field. And I was, I was so confused. And you were like, did the predator do that? I was like, why would the predator do this? Yeah, and later on the predator did not like, he comes up and he looks at it and he like picks up the same thing that, uh, that the lead character did, which was, uh, a, a shell from a, a weapon from a gun. And it turns out there were French people who are, you know, basically uh, furriers mm. who had come through and skinned the animals <laughs> used for not furries. <laughs> you saw me yes. This movie uh, took a very wild twist. A lot of furries came out they were all French. Um, no, but they were a different kind of convention. Yes. They, they, you know, basically laid waste to the land, destroyed the animals. Let you did not use any of their body, just took what they wanted from fun and games and torture and, yeah. and, and money. They were assholes. And so I think that this made a really interesting point subtly didn't like hit the nail on the head and like and make a big speech about it or anything but it's like the colonizing nature of white people you know in this in mm-hmm. this world is very similar to the way that the predator treated it's sort of excursions across the galaxy or universe to right. to just hunt and kill for its own sport and we identify the predator as being a bad guy it's like we could actually draw a pretty straight line from the predator's behavior to the french behavior in the film mm-hmm. and then to sort of white colonizers in general so it was, it was not on you know, the 99 minute movie. They weren't given a lot of like speeches about it, but it was clear from the way that the story, the way the script was written. Right. I, I think that, I think that they were pretty subtle with the whole thing. Um, but that, that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear that me not knowing anything about any other predator movie, I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I this made it a lot yeah. easier for me to sort of understand like, what if, what if <laughs> <laughs> everybody else that's like back in wherever the predator is from like back on his home planet they're all just like there's like 50 percent of them are like super like in you know into saving the environment and like whatever right and like the other 50 percent of them are yeah like like whatever drive big spaceships right that on, <laughs> in the air yeah. and uh yeah it's it's definitely and they're all supporting this predator who came down to earth to do all this hunting by putting up signs that say let's go brachtar 
Right, exactly. <laughs> and this guy is just like the owner of like the Jimmy John sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> there is one element before we move on from the script that I think we both sort of groaned at. Okay. It wasn't in the movie. It was a, it was after the credits. They're doing basically uh. sort of an animatic, which is like, um, you know, Native American drawings that are recounting what happened in is the movie. Is this a spoiler? Um, maybe. If it's a spoiler, I'll be done in 30 seconds. So just skip ahead. Uh-huh. Um, but at the very end of the animatic, they kind of go up to show the title of the movie and then come back down to the tribe. And you see these like more predator ships come in out of the clouds. And I think we were both like, man, they are, <laughs> it's like they this are, could have been nice if it were just a single movie. We're very much teasing that they're going to be doing a lot more of these. And I, they've yeah. already announced the name of the next one. Oh, okay. What Eat, is it? Pray, Love. You took my joke. I was going to make a joke about that. Well, you know what? <laughs> I was be just faster. waiting until we got to the end <laughs> pew, pew. And, and gave our opinions of the film, but sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. So no, they haven't announced <laughs> it, but that, they're, you know, leading towards it. Uh, so I'll go ahead and move on to mine. Mine are actually going to be a little short um, because they are technical awards. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, the first one is the sound design. And this is something I noticed early on in the film. You are, this is set, uh, they filmed, I believe, all of the exterior scenes, which are predominantly the, all of the film, mm-hmm. um, in Calgary. So they filmed in, in Canada. And it's beautiful. But the key to a lot of this stuff is that you are listening to non-verbal um, communications. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, like, people, you know, whispering or nodding or, you know, snapping or making like a sound or whatever to try and communicate on a hunt or, you know, in the, in the woods. And there are rustles of, you know, branches and leaves. There's, you know, it's twigs that snap that indicate there might be something sneaking around in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, there's obviously like the sounds the predator makes, which are iconic in the franchise. And so they do a really good job of focusing on, um, not like eliminating unnecessary dialogue, leveraging a lot of the sounds that you would hear from nature on a hunt um, when you're in t- like tuned in to like what that means. Like if you're trying to find a bad guy or right. trying to trying to hunt for uh, food or something like that. So I thought they did a really, really good job crafting the sound design. It helps that we have, uh, you know, five channels surround sound in our living room. Um, a lot of times films that are mixed for theatrical release when mm-hmm. they get remixed for home release or on streaming they suck and so it's like you'll notice this my mom complains about this all the time because you know she her hearing's not great but even not great either folks. yeah but even even we <laughs> yeah. uh, have issues with it sometimes where you know the, the vocals would be like this we're having an intelligent conversation and then all of a sudden the music comes on and it's like bah, 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 and right. it's like too loud and you have to go back and forth and this one it was mixed super well and they used a ton of great sound editing to advance the story and the plot as well as even the characterization sometimes of the people you know in the film so sound design was great it's not something a lot of people notice all the time but it made a huge difference into the quality of the the film for me sure plus all those clicks and stuff are very clear sure yes (laughs) it's my it's my predator noise that was a very for someone who's usually very good at impressions that was let me try again is that what the predator sounds like i don't know (laughs) Am I just doing a cat? Am I just purring? I'm gonna I'm gonna find out what the predator noise is. And I'm gonna splice it in. It's more like a dolphin. It's like like that. Oh yeah, it is. Isn't but it? like really fast. <laughs> you said it's like a dolphin. I was gonna go. <laughs> I don't think the predator did that once in the movie. This is becoming a completely different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, boy. Okay. So, um, that was, that was an easy one. That was number three. Um, it's not something everybody would pick up on, but I, I like it. The one thing that, uh, number four is something that everyone will see mm-hmm. because it is literally the cinematography of the movie. Right. Um, there are a couple things here to speak. Oh, oh, actually, let me go back to the sound real quick. Sorry. Uh, there is yeah. a audio track, um, that you can put on uh. that is, uh, I think the dubbed all in Comanche. So right now, um, the Comanche uh, actors speak some Comanche, right. and then they also speak English for the purposes of the audience. Right. The, the French only speak French, and they never translate it in subtitles or anything. Right. And you don't need it. No. Um, and so there is an audio track with uh, Comanche language, which is worth a listen. Uh, it's one of those things where this is probably the only movie that we've done so far as part of the streaming series that I will watch again. Uh-huh. And that's part of the reason, is to watch it you know, with an alternate audio track. So another part about the sound. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw one of the people who was criticizing the film was like, why are they all speaking perfect English? Because you didn't select the right button, Jethro. Because you didn't select the right button. And because they assume that people like you are too dumb to under, to want to read the subtitles. Right. Number four was cinematography. So the the thing I wanted to mention is the cinematographer for this, the same guy who was the cinematographer for Dan Trachtenberg in uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which okay. is also very good. That's like a sub recommendation from this podcast. Yeah. This guy named uh, Jeff Cutter. So Jeff Cutter uh, started out in like music videos a long time ago, um, has done a bunch of you know TV series, a um, bunch of, he did like Gridiron Gang, which is a Dwayne The Rock Johnson film. Mm-hmm. He's done a bunch of horror movies as well. So mm-hmm. he did one called Orphan. He did the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. So what you find in the way that he frames a lot of this and sets up a lot of the action is that it is bringing kind of a horror movie vibe to it. So he knows how to play with the camera and expectations around it like that. So I think he does a really good job there. But he he doesn't miss... A lot of times horror movies have to be close in on the action because you don't don't want to reveal too much, right? That that gives the audience space. But he does a really good job of combining the space and openness and vastness of the area they're filming in in Calgary with that sort of claustrophobic, I'm being hunted kind of feeling. Yeah, And so I think... um, in, in the original Predator, you get a lot of that because it's in the jungle. And so you can't actually see that far. But this isn't jungle, right? This is like... Yeah, they're plains. It's plains and forest yeah. life. So it's like, uh, it's a different challenge, but I think he does it really well in a way that is like non-obvious. And right. he also stages action across multiple planes. Uh, he, he manages that really well yeah. in terms of the cinematography. So I, I like it. I think it's a really pretty movie. And I think that when it gets dark, oftentimes you lose a lot of the clarity of what you're trying to present mm-hmm. and that doesn't happen here he actually stages the lighting well enough as as to not close off you know the the background action right so he's actually lighting the background which is something a lot of movies especially ones made for streaming platforms you don't see anymore it's a really good looking film yeah i mean i think that to your point pretty early on in the film we were watching it and when it first starts off it's really just focused on the tribe and it's really just focused on, on those people and their life. And, and it feels like a very different film, right? It it feels very specific, like Western type of genre of film. Very much. And then, you know, there is, they start interjecting the predator and all of a sudden it feels like a horror sci-fi film and they do such a good job. And I think visually um, of, of blending these two genres seamlessly so that you, it it just, I, 
I love when a song that I love is taken and remixed in a completely different genre of music. Similarly, I just, I love when you take something and you really um, intelligently spin it in a new way. And I think this is exactly, does exactly that. And the visuals are a big part of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, And now we should have, we should know that this uh, cinematographer is going to be a quality cinematographer because he was nominated for the uh, award for best cinematography at the 2006 MTV video music awards for his work on Ashley Simpson's music video invisible. So, you know, he's got <laughs> Cause, those... she, Cause she was the predator also. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually Ashley Simpson in the suit the whole time. <laughs> well, you know, look, she had to do something after the music career didn't work out, you know? Is she still doing music? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This is not the Ashes She's just married to Pete Wentz. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought Pete Wentz was gay. Don't know. Okay. Well, learn something new every day. (laughs) Uh, Those are our four reasons why you should watch Prey. And do we want to give a bonus reason? What's the bonus reason? The dog. uh, We're going to do a quick spoiler. Yeah, quick spoiler. The dog lives. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was so like anxious about it. I had to go to the like website, like does the dog live right. or whatever it is. Also, when you Google search, like does the dog <laughs> like it, this movie is popular enough that it autofills in. Does the dog in prey live? <laughs> like <laughs> Google autofilled it. So that was, that was good, a good indication. The movie's doing pretty well in terms of viewership, which is great. So, I mean, I guess it sort of leads us into whether or not we recommend you. Hell yeah. Very much recommend. This is the first movie that we've watched that I say, watch it because it's, it's good. It's a straight good movie. No qualifiers. Like, it's a good film. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And I don't like sci-fi. Oh, no, wait, I love sci-fi. Yeah. I don't like horror films. Right. This and is you've never horror. seen a Predator. I've never seen a Predator film. Uh, happy for this to be my first one. And it was fantastic. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. And there was like, like if you do like the Predator films, there's lots of predatory stuff going on. Lots of murders, lots of like, you know, cool sci-fi weapons and stuff like that. All all in the movie, for sure. You're not going to miss the predatorness of it. Mm-hmm. However, if you don't like the Predator stuff or you like you haven't seen it, there's so much else in here that also works thanks to the quality script writing we mentioned. So it's a good, it's a good movie to watch for, a, for anyone. It's a good watch. It's not too long. Mm-hmm. It's very solid. Um, very much recommend. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, go watch it. Yeah. All right. We did it. Uh, <laughs> so that'll do it for this week. Please take a moment to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Um, and then you can follow us on Twitter at The Crosscut or on Instagram at The Crosscut Pod. That's right. Next week, I believe we are doing... Day Shift. Day Shift, which is a Jamie Foxx joint, uh, which also stars Snoop Dogg and unfortunately one of the Francos, Dave Franco. Well, he's probably less bad, right? I can't imagine him being better. I mean, he's the same, it's the same genes. He's not playing Fidel Castro. That's fair. Uh, he, I think, is married to like Allison Brie or something like that, who I always liked. And then I heard that, and I'm like, oh man, what bad choices. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who Allison Brie is, but I don't. I don't have anything against this Franco. Hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to finding things I don't like about this Franco before next week's episode. Oh no. Well, <laughs> just kidding. Anyways, we're gonna be watching Day Shift. I'm very excited about that because I love Jamie Foxx. You love vampires. Love vampires. Yeah. Oh, and it's got the action uh, made by one of the people who did action stuff for John Wick. So it'll be exciting. Can't wait. Cool. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.